This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We turn to your health now. And diabetes has reached epidemic proportions. And with so much focus on controlling blood sugar, you may not be aware of how the disease can affect your eyes. The consequences can be serious when there's a weakening or swelling of the tiny blood vessels in the retina of your eye. It's called diabetic retinopathy. And Dr. Ritesh Patel is here to talk about it. He is on the board of directors and chair of the communications committee with the Ontario Association of Optometrists. I'm going to give out the numbers. We already have some callers. The lines are open, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Dr. Patel, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's such a, it's a scary condition. I mean, it's a leading cause of blindness in the working class North American. So in terms of when we're talking about conditions, most people don't realize, you know, we tend to talk about cataracts and glaucoma and the macular degeneration has come as a, as a forefront in terms of your thoughts. Uh, but then we realize that, you know, diabetes not only is affecting you systemically, but it has a direct impact on, on your eyes and, and unfortunately causing people to go blind. Oh. Um, now, the retina, taking a step back to, to the term you use, is like the movie screen of your eye. This is how you see. So everything you see has to get projected onto this movie screen. So if that movie screen is damaged in any way, uh, and f- one of the ways that it can get damaged is through bleeding from diabetes, uh, then unfortunately that's what, where we start kind of losing out in terms of both central as well as peripheral vision. What are the symptoms? So, you know, when we're talking about diabetes, unfortunately, it's one of those things we say day to day. I mean, I'll be, you know, I diagnosed somebody yesterday with diabetes and something he had no clue about. 32-year-old male. So, you know, when you just assume things are healthy. So he didn't know he even had diabetes. No, you know, came in. He's like, oh, you know what? My vision has changed. I'm like, okay, interesting. Let's go through the process. And as we were checking it, we're like realized when we're taking imaging of the back of his eyes, like you can literally see uh, blood uh, spilling or blood pooling in the back of his eye. What happens with diabetes is, and this is systemically, not just in your eyes, is the fluctuation in sugar levels actually causes damage to the blood vessel walls. Uh, And instead of maintaining the blood, blood within these walls, they start spilling out. Right now, if this spills out into some crucial parts of your eyes, you know you can have blurred vision. You can literally you can have black vision. It can go blind. It can be something floating within your eyes as well. So, there's a number of different ways it can actually cause you to have some uh, some issues. Uh, in terms of um, symptomatically, one of the things that people will notice is fluctuation in vision, and this goes for uh, for diabetic patients specifically in the sense that, you know, one second, hey, I can see something, and then you know, 20 minutes later after having a meal, you're like, oh, I can't see that same thing. Right, so what happens is when your sugar levels fluctuate, they also fluctuate in, um, in terms of causing sugar to rush into the lens of your eye, which in turn causes it to potentially go out of focus, uh, which of course will affect the vision that way. So there's a few different ways you can actually have uh, symptoms from diabetes, and unfortunately, it could be very abrupt and very quick in terms of actually causing blindness. Wow. Uh, let's go to the phones. We have Don in Toronto. Hello, Don. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I was born with congenital cataracts and stigmatisms, 
and I have glaucoma. And the other thing is I'm into my 50th year with diabetes, and my only comment is to your listeners is follow the instructions of the medical profession, and uh, uh, things should work out very well. You know, you're exactly right. The good, fortunate thing is, uh, you know, to your point, on is the fact that there's a lot of treatment options available now, right? Oh, so, yeah. you know, when, what we want to be able to do is, is most importantly, catch things early. So, you know, the fact is there's a lot of conditions, unfortunately, that some people have to live with. But if they're caught and managed and treated early, then we have the ability to ensure that you're not going to have to lose your vision, right? right? The challenge becomes is, you know, let's say in your case, having diabetes for 50 years, you should be seen at least once, if not multiple times a year for the, for the eyes. I do. Uh, and if it's one of those things you're like, okay, you know, I'll put it off. I just think everything's perfectly fine, but some things can brew in the background, and unfortunately sometimes it's too late. So, you know, your advice is exactly perfect in the sense that uh, come in at least annually, get an eye exam, make sure everything's okay, your optometrist will to let you know, hey, everything's perfect, and then that's a peace of mind for you for at least the next year. Yeah, well, I go about every three or four months for my glaucoma. Yeah, in yeah. your case, you're going to definitely, that'd be the very least I would probably see you. Yeah. You're probably good friends with your uh, with your eye care professional, that's for sure. Yeah, I know my way around uh, Western Hospital very well. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you for your call. <clears throat> thank you. Okay, the numbers, once again, uh, for your questions on diabetes and your eye health, diabetes and uh, um, retinopathy. So, you know, actually, Don raised a couple of good points there when it comes to things such as cataracts. Um, Essentially, one of the things that diabetes will also cause is cataracts to be formed earlier. And if if we, you know, listeners will recall, basically cataracts is a is a hardening of the lens of your eye and in a slow clouding. And essentially, every time sugar levels fluctuate up and down, and the sugars are rushing in and out, uh, it's going to cause cataracts to form, unfortunately, a little bit sooner as well. Now, in, in this case, the gentleman was born with it, uh, but realized once you've had diabetes for some time, uh, you know, the di- the changes beyond just what we're seeing with the retina. We also want to take a look at that lens as well. Okay, so the numbers, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm here with Dr. Ritesh Patel. We're talking about diabetic retinopathy, in other words, uh, the eye problems that can be caused by diabetes. So just to go over the symptoms, what can someone notice that they have to follow up on if they're diabetic? So definitely in terms of fluctuation in vision, like wild fluctuations in vision. Again, after a meal, you you eat a few minutes later, 20 minutes later, you're noticing, hey, my vision's either better or worse than it was before. One of the ones I, get, I, I usually get is like, hey, I was wearing glasses, and all of a sudden I don't need to. Well, that's not normal. If you wear glasses, <laughs> you need to wear glasses, right? So typically what can happen is as your sugar levels fluctuate, that can cause your vision to fluctuate as well. So that's not um, you know, a sign from the person above that your vision is automatically corrected. It's usually a sign that the sugar levels will cause that fluctuation in vision. So uh, how does, is, does that mean your sugar level went down or went up if your vision Either is way. better? Either way. Either way, oh. right? So it's just fluctuated from where the quote-unquote norm was for you. Um, and, you know, you may have bad vision and all, all of a sudden have great vision, or you may have had no glasses and no gr- and perfect vision, all of a sudden have poor vision. So it can go either way. And is this <clears throat> this change is a temporary change? It just it doesn't last, right? Well, I mean, it's relatively temporary until your sugars get back into control. 
Okay. Right? So as your sugar levels are fluctuating from what your norm would be, uh, and ultimately when it gets back to what your norm is, then it'll go back to, of course, whatever your vision may have been with or without correction. Uh, other signs of of, uh, of diabetes could be some floaters. So the middle part of your eyes filled with jelly, um, and this jelly, which is called the vitreous, uh, essentially with time it'll get a little bit thicker, and you can get floaters that way. Unfortunately, you can also uh, have bleeding in that vitreous. So if you're noticing a huge increase in the amount of floaters you have in your eyes, uh, again, whether it's included with a meal or not with a meal, you can literally just wake up and you see a ton of floaters. Definitely one of those things you simply don't ignore. Well, it's and that can be difficult because there can be all kinds of reasons you have floaters. Oh, and, and that's the point, right? So the point we, we try and we uh, pass through is the fact that when you see floaters, it's not normal, right? So whether, you know, it's from diabetes, whether it's through... Uh, uh, you know, let's say a traumatic issue, you, let's say you've had a retinal detachment, we don't know. There's a handful of things that can cause floaters. The point is, is when you see your optometrist, what they're going to do is dilate your eyes and they'll get a good look and they'll be able to decipher down from, you know, let's say 15 different things of what could be causing floaters and then figure out what's the right one and what's the, what's the actual diagnosis for you. Mm-hmm. Um, other things that we could be causing in terms of symptoms would be visual field loss, which means let's say you're looking at somebody all of a sudden, uh, you know, you have little black spots. They're different than floaters, but basically pieces of your visual field missing. Uh, so in, when you're looking at something or you're looking at the periphery, all of a sudden, hey, I was able to see that, and all of a sudden that area in my vision is actually black. Um, so what that actually means is there's likely bleeding in that specific area, and that could, be, of course, again, be caused by the diabetic changes as well. Mm-hmm. So a few different symptoms. I mean, when you're diabetic, you're you're supposed to be seen by your, your optometrist every single year, without a doubt, whether your sugar is in control or not. Uh, that's at the very least. And then if you have, obviously, compounding issues, where the diabetes is a little bit more out of control and there is bleeding in the back of your eye, uh, then they may opt to see you even more frequently than that. Can you be sure from a symptom about whether there's bleeding in the back of your eye or do you need to go to an optometrist to tell you? You definitely need to go in uh, because ultimately you're, that's not going to be the end-all and be-all. Uh, as you just mentioned, there's a multiple different reasons you can have floaters, for example, in your eyes. So, you know, we want to be able to distinguish, hey, is it, a, again, a retinal issue? Is it a diabetic issue? So, you know, one of the things that people will do is probably Google it and be like, hey, I have this. And you'll see a laundry list of all the different things you can do. But there's no way from just one symptom you're going to realize, hey, I have diabetes or I don't have diabetes. That's not going to come to your mind. So that's really where your optometrist wants to, you know, take a look at the big picture uh, whether it's a, whether it's a history, the family history, the dilation, the prescription status, the imaging of the back of your eye, they'll put that all together, and that's really what the eye care professional is meant to do. Uh, right, but if you know you have diabetes, sure, can you know for sure from a symptom that you have this bleeding or not? I mean, I'm not sure if I would make that call. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you looking for a yes or no? Uh, or just the answer is no. The answer is no. Yeah, the answer is no. I'll, I'll leave it at that. And, and now I have a, a, a question about uh, one of the scarier things that you said. You said that this can cause blindness and that it can happen quickly. So how, how quickly can this happen? Yeah, so one of the, one of the things that we're going to look for is a central part of your eye, which is called the macula. This is literally where you get uh, 20, your 2020 uh, vision from, as well as things such as color and fine detail. Um, that part of your eye is a little bit different than the rest of your retina in the sense that it, with something like diabetes, you can actually get swelling there. And if that part of your eye swells, and unfortunately in certain cases if it swells too much, that's really where you can lead to that blindness level. 
Um, and part of the things that can happen, unfortunately, even with well-controlled sugar levels, you can still have uh, macular edema. So the challenge would be there is, again, it's like, okay, I have my sugar levels well under control. My doc says everything's perfectly fine. But yet you can have a situation where you have different levels of this swelling. Uh, and if we can at least track it, there's a way to be able to manage it. So you don't want to wait till it becomes an issue. That's the biggest thing we're trying to put across is you don't want to wait till you have symptoms. As long as these, you see your optometrist uh, every year, uh, whether you have diabetic or not for that matter, but specifically with diabetes, this way they're able to kind of see some of the initial signs of it. And maybe if you have the swelling, you're able to treat it that much, that much earlier. The good thing with diabetes, at least at this point, is that the treatments actually are continuously getting that much, um, that much better. So there are injections, for example, we can do. There are lasers that we can treat with. So the reality would be is if we start seeing these changes and we're tracking them over time, whether it's through imaging or just obviously through your dilated exam, you're able now to be able to move on to say, okay, well, you know what? You've gone from stage one to, for example, stage two. Let's make sure we, we track these changes. And, you know, if it's time to do things such as the injections, let's not wait till, uh, you know, things really get bad. Let's be a little bit more proactive about it. And that's really the approach that we try and take. Okay. After the break, I, I do want to get into what those different stages are. I'm going to give out the numbers again. We're talking about diabetes and your eyes, but you can call with any other questions that you have for Dr. Ritesh Patel, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And uh, you can give us a call with questions about your eyes. We will be back after the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We're talking about how diabetes can affect your eyes and your eye health. I'm here with Dr. Ritesh Patel. He is the chair of the Communications Committee at the Ontario Association of Optometrists, also a member of the Board of Directors. And Dr. Patel, you were talking about the various stages of eye disease that results from diabetes. Can you go through that, please? Sure, absolutely. So one of the things that your optometrist is going to look at when you mention to them you're diabetic, or not for that matter, is they're going to dilate your eyes. And when they dilate your eyes, it opens up the window to be able to look at the retina. Now, of course, if you can have you can have diabetes and not necessarily have retinal issues, so that's you know basically we call that zero. You know, no no diabetes in within your eye. Uh, once you get to a point, unfortunately, where diabetes starts affecting your eye in different ways, one of the things specifically we're looking for is bleeding, and there's different levels of bleeding. We d- divide them into mild, moderate, and severe. Uh, unfortunately, when you get to a point where things are bleeding within your back of your eye, your body does a pretty amazing thing. It actually starts growing new blood vessels to help soak that blood back up. So it's kind of interesting to say that, you know, you're bleeding from your body uh, and then your body actually entail says, okay, well, that blood shouldn't be there. So let me grow, grow some more blood vessels to help soak it back up. The only problem with that is specifically is those blood vessels are very thin uh, and they actually bleed further. So it's this little bit of a downward spiral that goes on. So that's when you get to a point of going from uh, the non-bleeding to then bleeding, uh, mild, moderate, and severe. And then you get to a point where you actually have what's called the retinopathy, where those blood vessels start growing in, and that's called neovascularization. 
that's really where the stages of things such as in terms of treatment, um, that you have the injections that you can put into your eye. And, and this has just been an incredible change in terms of what we've been able to do to help save people, uh, people's vision. Uh, and what the, the actual injections are meant to do is kill those blood vessels or stop them from growing for that matter. So what we're trying to do is maintain uh, our patients within stages one, two, and three, as opposed to going to the, the, the next level uh, of neovascularization. I, I'm going to have a sissy question now. Sure. How, mu- how much do those eye injections hurt? Oh, <laughs> well, you know, a little numbing cream can go a very long way. Uh, the idea of, obviously, injections within your eye is probably the things you look through in, like, horror movies, right? Yeah. Usually, yeah. it's uh, fortunately enough, uh, you know, when we work with uh, some great ophthalmologists that, uh, that make it as seamless as possible. It's never fun. Uh, be perfectly honest with you, but it's not something you'll actually feel in terms of discomfort or pain. Yeah, I guess it, it is. It's one of those things that the idea of it, and I know that they have excellent injections for macular degeneration. Right. So these are actually interesting enough. You mentioned that these are the same type of injections they actually use for that because inter- with that same condition, uh, blood vessels are, again, growing in with what's called wet macular degeneration, and these same blood vessels are what we're trying to prevent in diabetes as well. So they actually use a, a, the, a similar or pretty much the same type of treatment for both conditions uh, in terms of injections as well. Now, for our listeners who have ever had, for example, cataract surgery, you know, that's a little bit more involved, obviously, when it comes to it, but most people will get up after cataract surgery and say, oh, that was it? Like, you know, so, you know, the reality would be is when the surgery, for example, is a 50-minute procedure and that's something that you're quite comfortable with, of course, a, an injection of a few seconds is, is usually that much even more, uh, less challenging. Let's put it that way. Okay, yeah. Okay, I feel better about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, again, uh, at what point uh, should you know that, you know, something is wrong here? Yeah, so you know, one of the things that you want to look for uh, and what your doctor is going to look for is a few different things, right? You're going to look for fluctuation in vision. Um, you're going to look for uh, black floaters in your eye. You're going to look for any um, spots of vision missing in your, in your peripheral vision or central vision for that matter. Uh, and even when you're looking at a systemic standpoint, so let's move beyond your eyes. You know, some of the signs of diabetes is, you know, very severe. You know, somebody who smells sweet, oddly enough, you're actually, your body is converting some of, the, um, some of these things into sugar and you actually will sell, smell very sweet. Uh, you know, lethargy, you know, when you're when, and incoherence. So when you're speaking to somebody and you realize, hey, you know what, things are not kind of adding up in this person. The reality would be those could be a number of different things, obviously. If you, somebody starts, you know, you're just saying things that just don't simply make sense, you can probably have a 10 things that can go through your head, including something like a stroke. But that's really yeah. where you don't want to wait, uh, obviously, until something gets to that point there. Okay, so we now know the symptoms. What percentage of people with diabetes will have the diabetic retinopathy? Unfortunately, over the course of a lifetime, you know, when you, for example, our caller earlier, uh, the gentleman have had diabetes for 50 years, I can probably put money on the fact that he's going to have diabetic retinopathy. I mean, it's inevitable with this type of condition, you're going to have that. Um, the key thing would be is making sure that you're not going from a mild state to the severe, uh, let alone prolifer- proliferative. So, you know, what we want to be able to do is keep you within stages one, two, and three if we can help it. Um, the probably the better question would be is you know how many uh, how many people with diabetes will actually lead to vision loss right because most people with diabetes will get to a point where they have retinopathy but that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll actually get to vision loss so that's you know our job in terms of making sure it doesn't progress into that point and that's a very small small number that actually have vision loss yeah exactly 
Let's go to the phones. We've got Mary in Toronto. Hi, Mary. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Fine. Sir, is pseudo-exfoliation generally monocular? Good okay, first okay. of all, can you translate the question, please? Yeah, let me translate I'll the question. professional do it. Yeah, okay. This is, this is a very... You've, you've, uh, <laughs> so pseudo-exfoliation uh, usually is geared towards glaucoma. Uh, and pseudo-exfoliation simply means there's a con- uh, there's a, um, basically the part of your the back of your eye within your lens is shaving off, and between movement of your pupil uh, opening and closing is actually dispersing pigment, uh, which is within your eye, onto the lens. Um, and so with this, unfortunately, that same type of pigment will clog the drainage system of your eye, which in turn will lead to glaucoma. So for all those who don't know what pseudo-exfoliation is, that's what pseudo-exfoliation is. I would say in the majority of cases I've seen, uh, it's monocular. Uh, but that being said, it doesn't necessarily mean that it can't be uh, uh, in both eyes. So what they would do is in, in pseudo-exfoliation, it's simply put, uh, we want to be able to track things such as the pressure. Uh, because like with most other cases of glaucoma, we want to be able to ensure that the pressure is not being elevated. Um, generally speaking, with glaucoma, interestingly enough, you can treat one eye with, for example, drops, and actually the other eye will drop in terms of pressure as well. So it's kind of interesting in that sense. So you may not necessarily need to get to a point of treating both eyes, uh, but every time you go into your optometrist, they will dilate you and be able to track whether that's, it's actually not only pseudoexfoliation or whether it actually creeps over into the other eye or not. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. Okay, thank you for your call. So that is kind of comforting that you said that only a a small percentage of the cases of diabetic retinopathy will actually result in vision loss. Uh, So, I mean, you know, it shows that there is something you can do about it as long as you catch it early. Yeah. Also, let me be clear, it's a leading cause of blindness. Okay. Right. So, so, you know, it's a leading cause of blindness in working uh, age individuals. So what we want to be able to do, and this is the key thing, is making sure you don't fall into that category, right? Because, you know, let's say you're a 45, 50-year-old person and you're just going about your day, you're looking to retire when you're 65, and all of a sudden, you know, your diabetes gets out of control. It can blind you, and it can go blind you very, very quickly. Now, the re- th- what those two facts mean independently is the fact that you can have diabetes for a very long time and not have that situation, but at, at the, and the other side of it is that situation can be very, very it can severe and it can occur very rapidly. So that's what we're trying to distinguish between. It doesn't mean necessarily that uh, everybody will go blind from it, but if, if you're going to have diabetic changes and it's not well under control, you can very well go blind. So it's very extreme in terms of the both ends of the spectrum there. Uh, and the reality is that we obviously want to keep an eye on people uh, that have diabetes every single year. It's an exam that's covered through uh, through OHIP because they want they know the long-term issue with people obviously going blind and how much it costs the government in the long term. So what they're willing to do is actually through your OHIP system is is have your optometrist see your 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 um, your retina and just making sure things are healthy as they should be. I, th- I think that's important information for people, too, particularly if uh, they're having trouble with their budgets, that, that this particular exam is covered. Exactly. Now, certain parts of the exam may not be, just to be very clear with that as well. So when, you're, when your doctor, for example, asks you to get imaging done, that is not covered through your, your o- the OHIP system. So actually having that imaging done is a crucial part of diagnosing diabetes. So there's a little bit of a disconnect, and that's obviously something that the government is always trying to, uh, to help improve, for that matter, or your optometrist is trying to improve that with the government, I should say. Uh, but the reality is, for right now, uh, you know, your imaging is not included in that exam. Okay. Uh, 
we have uh, less than a minute left, but let's try to take another call. Raymond and Hamilton, very quickly, please. Okay, I have diabetic macular edema. I've been operated on for glaucoma. I've had a shunt in my eye. And I've been getting needles for the past, I would say, at least 20 years in my eye. Now, you said it comes very slowly. Well, I guess 20 years is slowly. But now, I, if I went to the uh, organization for the blind, I know I'd be classed as legally blind. Is there anything they can do with this? So <clears throat> if you're calling from Ontario, the CNIB uh, is actually quite excellent at being able to work with people that are considered legally blind, um, and specifically if you're calling from Toronto, I should say. So, you know, what you can actually do is, is get in contact with them, whether it's through your optometrist or your ophthalmologist at this point, because I'm sure you have both is be referred on to the CNIB. And there's a multitude of things they can do in terms of being able to actually treat you or manage the condition uh, through the use of what's called low vision devices. There are low vision specialists in, in, uh, as an optometrist in, in Ontario as well, throughout Canada for that matter. Uh, and so you can get connect with them directly as well. And what they're able to do is simply, you know, they're going to have to work around your condition. You actually obviously have multiple conditions, whether it's uh, the diabetes or the glaucoma. So what they'll actually try and do is gear the right type of vis uh, vision treatment for you that's going to allow you to do the function things such as watch TV or let's say, you know, cook in the kitchen. Those are the type of functional things you'd want to be able to do. And your optometrist... Uh, that who might be a low vision specialist is able to do that. Okay, we have to wrap things up. Dr. Ritesh Patel, Ontario Association of Optometrists, thank you so much. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.